The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information on this or other KUCI programs, visit KUCI.org or KUCITalk.org. Coming up shortly, what would Arwen do on KUCI Irvine? Academy Award-winning music of Howard Shore. This is What Would Arwen Do on KUCI Irvine, the greatest radio station in the history of Middle Earth. I am Milo Lomestown, and you may ask, what is What Would Arwen Do? Well, if a Middle Earth elf lived today in Orange County, what might her life look like? How would she celebrate and support the arts, music, her community, and the preservation of Earth, its beauty, resources, and creatures? Some ask, what would Jesus do? Which is a very good question. But on this program, I ask, we ask, what would Arwen do? Who was Arwen? In The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien, Arwen was an elf princess, the daughter of Elrond, a prince among elves and lord of Rivendell, a magical place of healing, lore, and wisdom. Hmm, perhaps not unlike the community here at UC Irvine. Arwen was also a beloved daughter of the universe, as are all the women of this fair celestial home called Earth, or, in Elvish, Arda. I believe Arwen understood the principle of noblesse oblige. With great privilege comes responsibility. She embodied the archetype of a true princess of the light through her courage, wisdom, beauty, her sense of humor, and service to others. In Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings, A Guide to Middle-Earth, Colin Durias writes, In his invented mythology of Middle-earth, Tolkien intended that his elves were an extended metaphor of a key aspect of human nature. This elven quality in human life was a central preoccupation of Tolkien's. Elves, dwarves, hobbits, and the like partially represent human beings. In Tolkien's mythology, elves represent what is high and noble in humans. In particular, they represent the arts in their highest form, work done in the image of God and his created world. End quotation. I believe, we believe, this elven quality exists in every person and yearns for expression through the gifts of creativity, nobility, and service. So, having the incredible privilege of a public affairs program on KUCI 88.9 FM Irvine in California, right here in the Middle Earth campus of the University of California at Irvine, and being friends with an elf in beautiful Orange County, California, when things arise that I want to think more deeply about, I like to ask my elf friend Tani Tanuviel the question, what would Arwen do? This is Milo Lomesdown, a hobbit at your service, and with me today, as always, is my elf friend Tani Tanuviel, the resident Middle-Earth KUCI elf. Good afternoon, Tani. My Gavanin and Suilade to my elf friend. Oh, here we are, almost into a new year. Are we? Uh, am I on? And you are coming in four by four, Elf Princess. 
So, greetings, and it has been two weeks, way too long for us to have um, not had time to spend together and to share the adventures of the holidays. Did you have a lovely Christmas? Oh my gosh, Christmas with the nieces and nephews, always an exciting adventure. Going out, delivering presents to one of the niece's friends. One of her friends, this is my niece Jennifer, one of her friends Monica is pregnant with twins. A joyous occasion is going to be happening next month. Oh, that's very fun. And then taking her to another friend who has a brand new automobile and her other friend Diane allowed me to sit in that brand new automobile, a Scion XB. Oh, how fun. Did it have that new car smell? Oh, it smelled wonderful. (laughs) And then we got a call. Well, Jennifer got a call on her cell phone saying that one of my sisters-in-law needed a pack of film because it's a tradition. She always takes real pictures on real celluloid. Oh. And so we had to go to the drugstore to get real <laughs> film, not not that digital stuff that everyone uses. Oh. So that was that was one of the adventures on Christmas. There was about six meals on Christmas. You know, we hobbits like to eat six meals when we can get them. Yes, and on do. Christmas it was no problem at all. <laughs> Except with the belt. Yes. <laughs> Well, I had a lovely time, too. I went down to visit my friend Ro, who you met, Ro oh. and Jim, who we all went to see André Vien in uh, Théâtre Saint-Philippe, in The Hobbit here. At, uh, what where, a magical evening that, that was. was. How long ago was that that we saw that? Was that it last, seems like forever. Um, I think it was, it was last summer. I thought, wasn't it in the fall? Maybe it was the fall before last, I think. Time anyway, flies when you're having time fun. Time flies. So anyway, the archeress is doing well, as is her husband and all of the, um, uh, all of the fur children. They have uh, uh, four cats now, a new kitten that keeps us all uh, entertained. And of course, uh, KJ, who's the princess cat of the entire world according to me um but anyway it was it was a lot of fun they had they had an open house and we had fun and presents and um played star trek scrabble and (laughs) oh my gosh that must have been a lot of (laughs) fun that was a lot of fun and i would like to lest we uh get carried away with uh, the fun of our show today let's take a moment to greet our friends who may be listening either through the airwaves at 88.9 FM here on the radio. We broadcast to most of Orange County, so welcome and greetings to any of our listeners and also to those who may be listening in through the Internet. I know, Ro, um, I just popped online to my favorite message board, Tolkien Online, theonering.com, and Ro was there saying, Hi, is anybody else here online today listening in? So a very special hello to my shield maiden friend road listening in from down in escondido blessings to you oh my gosh when we get uh one of my intentions for 2011 is that our website will finally go live (laughs) and maybe ro will allow us to show a picture of her in her archery stance if ever there was a shield maiden of rohan if there was ever someone who could play eowyn it is she Oh, indeed. And 
that was one of the fun adventures that we had on Christmas Day. Ro had set up an archery range in her backyard, and so all of the guests, many of them had never shot an arrow before, and of course, Ro teaches archery as well as being an archer, and so she gave the gave us all lessons, and we got to shoot some arrows, and <clears throat> I hadn't shot, um, I actually have two bows, I hadn't shot probably in more than a year, and it was just, it's a wonderful, it's a very empowering sport. Um, archery and uh, and she's such a wonderful patient teacher and so that was a lot that was a fun adventure especially getting uh, to watch the people who had never pulled a bow and you know shot an arrow bow and arrow before so I need to give shout outs to my friends Donna and Chuck who listen via podcast we're available on podcast if you go to iTunes and search for Arwen A-R-W-E-N you can download us or go to KUCITalk.org you can download us as MP3 there always free all of that of course I'd like to say hello to Aunt Lily and her daughters Evelyn and Ellen whom I have sent the link for this and they will probably be listening via podcast since they are many miles away from here We are 200 watts of power in Orange County, and most of Orange County can hear us quite well, but northern Los Angeles cannot. (laughs) Southern San Diego cannot. So it's important to be able to either listen to podcasts after the fact or live on the Internet at KUCI.org. We support both straight MP3 streams as well as real audio. Just look in the upper right-hand corner of the home page. So I want to say a very special uh, Sui Laid and Michael Vannin to all of uh, my friends who will probably, a, a number of them who will be listening to the podcast afterwards because they're in scattered areas around. And of course, it's the holidays. So uh, we love the Internet. And it was very interesting. One of the other um, adventures that I had on Christmas Day was that uh, a couple that was um, that came, that I, I had met the man, Rob, through Toastmasters, who Ro is actually president of her Toastmasters group, and the Felicita Humor Club. So uh, it's a really fun group. In fact, I'm a member there, too. <laughs> I just don't get down there very often. But his wife was an amateur radio operator, and so she had her ham radio there and her GPS, and uh, it was really it was really very interesting just to talk to her for a while. And... Um, there are so many wonderful ways now now in our modern age for us to stay connected with people all over the world. And um, I'm very appreciative of amateur radio operators, ham operators, because, you know, if everything were to go down, a lot of, you know, that would be the um, probably one of the sole ways that we would have for communicating with people on other in other parts of um, the globe, uh, you know, were the electrical systems to go down. That's right, and many ham operators I know actually have generators mm-hmm. and uninterruptible power supply batteries, so they are well capable of being able to transmit in times of emergency. So they're a special blessing at this time of Christmas. Yes, my friend Ronald, uh, who lives in Laguna Beach, actually is part of the, works with the police department there, and they meet uh, periodically, and they have like this thing, I was there one time on a Sunday, where they actually call all the different people in this lineup to make sure that everybody's operating and online, and it's kind of like we do here at KUCI, where we have our um what is it called? Our emergency alert system. EAS, the yeah. emergency alert system. Which has come in handy a few times, like when we were having flooding and things like that. Right, right. Well, I want to tell you about an adventure I had in Las Vegas with the 
brother-in-law oh, and sister-in-law yes, that's right. and you my to... niece and her boyfriend. Oh, my gosh. Did you drive so there? Or... No, this time we flew there mm-hmm. because we were able to get very, very, very inexpensive seats on JetBlue. And so I was able to fly out of Long Beach Airport, that historic airport where the closing scene of Casablanca, the Humphrey ah. Bo- Bogart film, was filmed. And I went and played the Lord of the Rings machine oh, again. Oh, did you take fa- pictures? I forgot, Elf Princess. <laughs> I didn't see your email reminding me until I got home and I forgot. But there, there is Was it the same slot one, machine? The same, same slot machines, yes. There was only one piece of thing to take a photo of, however, that I haven't already transmitted to you, and that is this. According to the slot machine, as I now look at it in Las Vegas, the slot machines all have this little advertisement saying, save your miles. They can be used in the new slot machine coming next year called the Two Towers. Oh. So a new slot machine is coming from WMS next year based oh. on the Two Towers set of characters and scenes. Wow. And, oh my gosh, I spent so many hours in front of the machine having fun listening to Arwen enjoying the fireworks <laughs> of the Gandalf's fireworks bonus it's really uh, enjoyable and they have an online component which I can oh, really? play without any charge or any cost I can play at home on my internet and actually achieve mileage uh, progress on the road because it's all about my and I met a woman who was sitting next to me I'm at mile 50 She's at mile 580. She has every bonus, every artifact, including Gandalf's pipe pipe, and really? the, uh, the Sword of Isildur and all these things. Oh. It's just very, very exciting. So that was one of my adventures during the holiday season is <laughs> going there. And, and my niece had a beautiful room on the 57th floor of the Wynn 57th resort. floor. Oh, And my when gosh. you walk in, it is all electric. You open and close the drapes electrically. You turn on and off the TV and the lighting. It's just wonderful. She had, she had gotten some special upgrade. Mm-hmm. So tell us about one of your adventures in the holidays. Well, as I mentioned, I... Um, um, well, I worked, and that, so that was that's always a wonderful adventure. I mean, I actually do love <laughs> where I work because I share good food, and I get to talk to people all day long. And uh, where you work is a wonderful, wonderful place, a blessing, really, here in Southern California. Yes, absolutely. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to mention it, so I won't. Um, it's probably okay, but I, I just don't know for sure. But anyway, and then for Christmas Day, I drove to um, Escondido to see Ro and Jim, and they had an open house, and so that was wonderful. She had all kinds; they had all kinds of wonderful food, and I was very happy that they had decided. Uh, since the last time I talked to them, they had changed their mind about having a turkey, and instead they had something else that they had in the crock pot. So I was so happy that I didn't have to see a bird come out of the oven. It was one of the great <laughs> blessings of my Christmas. And but there was all, there was plenty of food. We had mashed potatoes. I made this wonderful salad with uh, tomatoes and um, goat's milk feta and balsamic vinegar and fresh basil. So I Yummy. had and and of course we had been eating nuts and brownies. And, and things all, you know, because each person that came over brought a little something. Um, 
but I did eat, and I don't eat too much sugar, and I eat, but I had, I think, three or four of those amazing brownies that uh, her neighbor brought over you that were kind of fudge it. in the middle with brownie, brownie on the around. outside. <laughs> it melted in your mouth. It was like dying and going to heaven, going to Eldemar, being transported immediately. So I'm, I'm trying to dry my mouth as it's watering <laughs> so much from that description. I've never had, I mean, and I've had some good chocolate things, but I've never had a brownie like that in my whole life. So, Well, Elf Princess, I am reminded in this December season that we in Southern California are blessed to live in an area that has sunshine year, nearly year-round, but there are other people that are encountering a different kind of weather. Well, and you know, the thing is that <clears throat> with these weather things that are going on, it even if you don't live in some of those places, it can affect you. I know even just uh, driving down to Rose, coming back from Rose, it was clear sailing. I left there, I think, around 4 or 5. No, I'm taking it back. It was about 7. And I got about halfway home, and it was, was pouring buckets of rain. And I was very grateful that there wasn't uh, very much traffic. You know, it didn't really bother me. I just put on some music and, and trailed right through. But I was thinking about how grateful I am and how fortunate that there aren't very many days that we even have to deal with that kind of inclement weather, weather here in uh, Southern California, especially in our neck of the woods. It's usually clear and, and sunny. But also right now, people are having uh, travel complications. People even that live here where it's sunny and beautiful. I have a friend that's uh, planning to go to Montreal and is having to keep track of the airports in different places to make sure that she's going to be able to get through. So there's, and you had mentioned something about these blizzards and things that are happening over on the East Coast. Yes. For the first time since 1981, Atlanta saw a white Christmas. And in New York, they had like two feet of snow leading to people sitting on the tarmac at the area airports for six or eight or one airplane was sitting on the tarmac for 10 hours before they could deplane the people. It was uh, quite an adventure for those folks. So they actually had arrived but had to stay on the plane for additional 10 hours because they couldn't get to the place where they unload them? Yes. Oh, wow. That's because all the other jet ports, as they're called, had been closed because of the huge drifts of snow. And it was a very, very difficult situation. So that reminded me of something that I'd like to share with our listeners. I actually had another adventure this holiday season when the Hobbit wife got me a Blu-ray player. Now, Mm. admittedly, an inexpensive one, very, very inexpensive, but it's amazing, the power. And when I plugged that Blu-ray player into my 1080p big screen TV and played the Fellowship of the Ring in full (gasps) definition, oh my gosh, it looks beautiful. Uh. And one of the scenes is... Is the snow on Carothrus? Well, and so the fellowship is it has left Rivendell, yes, and uh, and Gandalf is taking them through the mountains, right? That's exactly right. This is from the second book of the Fellowship of the Ring, and the chapter "The Ring Goes South." Mm-hmm. The Ring Goes South. The company set out again with good speed at first, but soon their way became steep and difficult. The twisting and climbing road had in many places almost disappeared and was blocked with many fallen stones. The night grew deadly dark under great clouds. A bitter wind swirled among the rocks. By midnight they had climbed to the knees of the great mountains. The narrow path now wound under a sheer wall of cliffs to the left, above which the grim flanks of Caradhras 
towered up invisible in the gloom. On the right was a gulf of darkness where the land fell suddenly into a deep ravine. Laboriously they climbed a sharp slope and halted for a moment at the top. Frodo felt a soft touch on his face. He put out his arm and saw the dim white flakes of snow settling on his sleeve. They went on, but before long the snow was falling fast, filling all the air and swirling into Frodo's eyes. The dark, bent shapes of Gandalf and Aragorn, only a pace or two ahead, could hardly be seen. "'I don't like this at all,' panted Sam just behind. "'Snow's all right on a fine morning, but I like to be in bed while it's falling. I wish this lot would go off to Hobbiton. Folk might welcome it there.' Except on the high moors of the North Farthing, a heavy fall of snow was rare in the Shire, and was regarded as a pleasant event and a chance for fun. No living hobbit, save Bilbo, could remember the fell winter of 1311, when white wolves invaded the Shire over the frozen river Brandywine. Gandalf halted. Snow was thick on his hood and shoulders. It was already ankle-deep about his boots. "'This is what I feared,' he said. "'What do you say now, Aragorn?' "'That I feared it, too,' Aragorn answered, "'but less than other things. "'I knew the risk of snow, though it seldom falls heavily so far south.' save high up in the mountains. But we are not high yet. We are still far down, where the paths are usually open all the winter. "'I wonder if this is a contrivance of the enemy,' said Boromir. "'They say in my land that he can govern the storms in the mountains of shadow that stand upon the borders of Mordor. He has strange powers and many allies.' "'His arm has grown long indeed,' said Gimli, "'if he can draw snow down from the north to trouble us here three hundred leagues away. "'His arm has grown long.' said Gandalf. And so, as the story continues, they eventually are blocked utterly right. from climbing up the side of Caradhras. And we know later they have to take a trip in the dark. Yes, and it's very interesting. Um, <clears throat> I don't have my, my book here, but there's a wonderful thing, because uh, when I first started my adventure of my life as an elf, I was looking for things in the books, you know, clues to things about the elves and what I could learn about the elves. And <clears throat> I remember um, there, was, uh, there was something actually in this passage about um, Legolas and how he kind of runs on the top of the... Uh, he runs along on the top of the... Of the oh here we are <clears throat> it says because <clears throat> they're <clears throat> huddled together <clears throat> it says an hour maybe went by though it seemed far longer and then at last they saw Legolas coming back Legolas had gone forward to see <clears throat> if there were you know to see if it was blocked it says um, Legolas, they saw Legolas coming back at the same time Boromir and Aragorn reappeared round the bend far behind him and came laboring up the slope. Well, cried Legolas as he ran up, I have not brought the sun. She is walking in the blue fields of the south, and a little wreath of snow on this redhorn hillock troubles her not at all. But I have brought back a gleam of good hope for those who are doomed to go on feet. There is the greatest wind drift of all just beyond the turn, and there our strong men were almost buried. They despaired until I returned and told them that the drift was little wider than a wall. "'and on the other side the snow suddenly grows less, "'while further down it is no more than a white coverlet "'to cool a hobbit's toes. "'Ah, is that as I said, 
growled Gimli. It was no ordinary storm. It is the ill will of Carithris. He does not love elves and dwarves, and that drift was laid to cut off our escape. <clears throat> so, anyway, it, it, I love here, because even here you see how Legolas comes back and brings news, and brings it in such a poetic form. <laughs> <laughs> that even saying, I have not brought the sun. She is walking in the blue fields of the south, and a little wreath of snow on this hillock troubles her not at all. Absolutely. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful words of J.R.R. Tolkien. So, and wonderful. I want to uh, do a segue here. I love this piece of music, and then we will have some other stuff, which is very important. We're going to start talking about the new year. But before that, I want to pay just some of the passive Caradhras from oh, disc wonderful. two of the complete recordings with the elf, elf princess Tani. The KUCI Middle Earth Elf here has the complete recordings of the Fellowship of the Ring. Disc two has selection number 10, the passive Caradhras. Yes. Let's listen to some of that. Let's. Frodo. Oh my gosh. Remember that section, Elf Princess? Yes. One of my favorite parts of the movie, actually. Uh, Frodo struggling through the snow and the ring drops. Boromir picks it up, holds it up into the air and says, uh, such a small thing. <laughs> and then you see Aragorn and his he doesn't really move other than his hand slowly moves to the hilt of his sword and he says, give the ring to Frodo, Boromir. And, and then he does. I yes. mean, in an amazing act, Boromir is strong enough mm -hmm. to be able to give up the ring. Which ironically, later on, well, he was not. Right. But at the moment, he even had it within his grasp. But it is interesting to note that at that he actually did pick up the ring by the chain. Oh, an interesting he point. He did not. He didn't actually touch, touch the, the ring, ring itself. Yes. Ah. Who knows whether or not he would have been able to hand the ring over had he actually touched the ring. Right, right. But beautiful. And uh, Howard Shore, of course, I mean, I'm sitting here and... I'm seeing the expanse of these mountains. Howard Shore's music was so amazing for all of these films. Just you know what I can't wait for? I can't wait for his music to accompany yes. Smog's Cavern. Uh, Do you know what I'm talking about, Elf Yes, Princess? we're talking about the Hobbit movies that will be coming up in just a couple of years, and of which we are very excited to see how Peter Jackson will bring these movies to the screen. And... You know, I would like to encourage those who are fans both of J.R.R. Tolkien and of these stories and to be open to another artist, just as we can go to plays that are another artist's um, interpretation of this work, to see these movies not as line-by-line, line, you know, um, 
reproductions of the books, but as another artist's interpretation of the work of J.R.R. Tolkien, just as we saw with The Lord of the Rings. And in fact, one of the things that makes Peter Jackson and his colleagues great was when they did The Lord of the Rings, they were brilliant in selecting the parts that they filmed, as well as how they filmed them, but they were mm-hmm. brilliant in the selection of what parts they chose to film and which parts they left out. Mm-hmm. And after having seen the Blu-ray version, again, of Fellowship of the Ring, which is shorter than the than the uncut director's cut, if you will, the okay. extended edition, it was just brilliantly put mm. together. So I'm so eager to see the new Hobbit movies. The first one is scheduled to be released November of 2012, which is now less than two years away. Indeed. So, this brings us to our segment of the show, and it's been two weeks since we've had any movie news. Is there any? Are there any new developments? Well, there are some significant new developments. Uh, we do know that MGM has, has emerged from bankruptcy. Mm. They now are seeking an additional loan of around $265 million to co-finance the Hobbit films. And I mention that figure because it supports the theory on many websites that both films together, which will have a year of principal photography, or in other words, a year of filming where all the cast is together, mm-hmm. uh, is going to be about $500 million. But that's not the most interesting piece. There's lots of little stuff, but the most interesting thing is the Hobbit dwarf training. As we know, the Hobbit, as a book, is much about the adventures of the dwarves as they try to recover their... Yes, there's 13, aren't there? Yes, 13 <laughs> or 14. And James Nesbitt is James Nesbitt is playing one of the dwarfs. He's preparing for a month of dwarf training. Mm. His long-awaited and much-troubled prequel to The Hobbit is finally going to start shooting early next year. This is from MovieWeb.com. About the upcoming tour of duty, which begins mid-January to begin the filming work. The first week of the year-long shoot will put the 45-year-old actor through rigorous sword fight training and horseback riding courses, all of which he will do in full dwarf costume. Wait a minute. Did the dwarves go on horseback in The Hobbit? Horseback riding courses as well as sword (laughs) fighting. Interesting. Now, that's very interesting, as we saw in The Lord of the Rings, that Gimli rode on the back with Legolas, but Legolas was the horseman. Right. So, about the upcoming tour of duty, Mr. Nesbitt stated, quote, We're going for dwarf training for a month. It's an adventure, and I can't wait for it. I've never done a massive film like it, end quote. He'll be taking a permanent residence in New Zealand with his wife and two daughters for the year of shooting. He says he's also been visited by prosthetic experts mm. who have decided upon the way Balfour's on-screen look will be in this prequel. Unbelievable. So it's actually starting, you know, wow. in basically two and a half weeks from now. Yes. And the other exciting piece of news, I would say, is... So uh, no, no new cast news yet. Well, we're uh, going to get there. Uh, a minor piece of news, <laughs> the New Zealand government, per the OneRing.net, New Zealand government has cleared the way for 40, up to 40, foreign Hobbit actors. So they had that massive casting call for New Zealand work permits only, but the government has said that they will allow up to 40 overseas actors to be Hobbit bit players. Hmm. Now to the important news, which is the casting. Right. That is, we now know uh, that Balin will be Ken Stott. Bard is not yet cast. 
Bjorn will be the great Swedish actor Michael Persbrandt. Bert is going to be CGI, which is computer-generated imagery. Who's Bert? Bert is one of the three stone trolls. Oh, right, right, right. The stone trolls. I forgot. Beefer is a dwarf and will be William Kirker. Bilbo Baggins, of course, is Martin Freeman, as we know. Boffer will be James Nesbitt, who we just heard talk about the one month of dwarf training that he and all the dwarfs will go through. Uh, Bolg is the goblin orc killed by Bjorn, has not yet been cast. Uh, Bomber is Stephen Hunter. The chief of the guards is an elf of the woodland. He has not been cast. Chief Wolf is not yet cast. Dane is a dwarf and not yet cast. Dory is Mark Hadlow. Drogo Badgins, right, who is the father of Frodo, right, um, has uh, been cast as Ryan Gage. Mm. Dwaylin is Graham McTavish. Elrond, not yet cast or announced, assumed to be Hugo Weaving. This is all from the OneRing.net. Feely is Rob Kaczynski. Galadriel is confirmed now to be Kate Blanchett. Yes. Yes. Galeon, Elf of the Woodland Realm, is not yet cast. Gandalf, also called Istari, or Ithrian in Cinderin. Sir Ian McKellen, says the OneRing.net. Says the OneRing.net. However... Here's the thing. Even though there have been a lot of tidbits and Sir Ian's own website has him, there hasn't been an official announcement yet on Ian McKellen as Gandalf. Mm. Nor has there been an official announcement on Gollum, that is Andy Serkis. Glowin, the dwarf, will be Peter Hamilton. The great goblin is probably going to be CGI. Keeley will be Aidan Turner. Legolas has been confirmed, I would say now, to be Orlando Bloom. Really? Yes. Are you... That is the big news, is Orlando Bloom, apparently, <laughs> you... Oh, my gosh, I can't Jackson. believe you just read that, like, just down the list. Oh, my gosh, Orlando's going to be legless. I'm so excited. So that that basically is the really oh, big news. That's we had so already cool. sort of knew. Well, of course we knew, because, <laughs> you know, legless would have been, I mean... Obviously, the woodland, the uh, elven king that they see is Thranduil, the king of Mirkwood, you know, who Legolas is the son, you know, when he goes to the, to Rivendell for the, for the meeting about the ring. And so, uh, I'm so excited that they are bringing Legolas into this. So, I mean, the rest of the, I mean, that's the way I couched this was to sort of give you a little thrill. <laughs> you knew I was going to jump out of my from, chair. From the two weeks here, so. Uh, you and I think uh, uh, many women will be uh, many elvish women, many hobbitish women, many human women will be very <laughs> excited to see him in that role again. He was very excellent. He's a fine he young actor. He was excellent. I loved him in that role. Uh, Radagast, the, um, Radagast the Brown, one of the Ishtari, uh, is Sylvester McCoy, as we had discussed. Sarah Mann is going to have a role in this movie, but is not yet cast. Really? And and the reason he's not yet cast is Christopher Lee is really getting on in years and is not really, not really willing or probably able to fly that much anymore. Hmm. Certainly not on a 14-hour flight. So hmm. we don't know who's going to play Sarah Mann. Um, I, my own suspicion as a long observer of cinema is Peter Jackson will do something special. Christopher Lee is still alive. He is still capable, I believe. And I think what they will do is they will fly the company to England and they will film some scenes say, in yes, England will... and use CGI to fill in whatever backdrop right. they need. 
Smaug is a voice and not yet cast. Mm-hmm. The Elven King Thranduil is not yet cast, and we know Thorin, one of the two main actors in this script, is Richard Armitage. Now, imdb.com, the Internet Movie Database, which is more authoritative in movies generally than the OneRing.net, says that Shaurese Ronan, who made that wonderful bit play as a young woman who falsely accuses a man of assaulting her, is playing the new character Etheril. We had mentioned last year that Etheril is a new elf character that's going to be in The Hobbit hmm. that was created by Peter Jackson and his co-screenwriters. Mm-hmm. But that's just a rumor. David Tennant, who is another Doctor Who player, is rumored to be involved. Brian Blessed is rumored to be involved. And here is the big rumor that has come to fore. You, Elf Princess, played some Star Trek, I think, kind of game over the holidays. Yes, we played Star Trek Scrabble. Wonderful. And I, I have that as well because The Hobbit Wife is a very big Star Trek fan. Oh. Oh, my gosh. We have all the movies on uh-huh. DVD. Oh, great. <laughs> well, Leonard Nimoy is rumored to be the voice of Smaug. Mm. Is that not going to be tremendous? He has a great voice. and He has he a could, great voice. He's a fine actor. He could do a tremendous job. So that's it for this week's movie news. There oh will be more goodness. next Orlando week. Orlando Bloom. So that's that was worth you know that was worth the two weeks <laughs> of waiting. <clears throat> so here we are. Uh, next week we will be having a special show to commemorate and celebrate the birthday of J.R.R. Tolkien. So our show will be on the day after his birthday. But of course, I am a firm believer that <clears throat> human beings are way too magnificent creatures to celebrate. A birthday just one day so I believe that we everybody has a birthday month so whatever month your birthday falls in that's your birthday month and you should be celebrating yourself and people should be celebrating you for all of your birthday months so we will be um, celebrating J.R. Tolkien's birthday and I want to add um, to our listeners uh, to let them know that we will we will be having some special gifts to share that day because in um, true Hobbit fashion, and J.R. Tolkien thought of himself more as a Hobbit, and Hobbits like to give gifts on their birthday, we will be giving out some gifts on the air next week. So that's going to be a real fun time. A very, very fun time, as it is every year. It's a great year to begin the year celebrating the birth of yet more hope. As Arwen says, Absolutely. there is still hope. There is always hope, as long as we are alive. Elf Princess, Tommy. Yes. Uh, there is hope. And a great way to begin the year is also celebrating the birthday of J.R.R. Tolkien, who gave us so many wonderful things, not only the Lord of the Rings, but also the Silmarillion, and many other writings. His translation of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight is just mm-hmm. wonderful. Absolutely. And so I thought, uh, for the last segment of our show today, we would talk a little bit about... Um, Encouraging people to be thinking with intention about the new year. And this has been a theme of ours for some time, you know, being intentional, um, being mindful about the way we move through life and through the holidays, looking at some of the traditions that we hold dear and that we keep and asking ourselves, is this still working for me? You know, for me, uh, part of that was um, the eating of animals and decided that I... That didn't work for me any longer, and so I no longer hold to the tradition of uh, sacrifice of, of eating animals for 
um, the holidays or any other time for that matter. But um, I wanted to, a lot of people like to um, make resolutions. I always have, Elf Princess, I always have, I've always made resolutions as long as I've been an adult. So you, do you generally make one or how, ten or how many? When I was younger, I'd used, I used to make a list of ten resolutions. Oh. Then as I matured, it got down to five. Mm-hmm. For the last 15 or 20 years, it's been one, <laughs> if I'm lucky. Well, the thing is that, you know, I, I and I think that resolutions are fine, but if you think about the linguistics of it, you know, you're resolving to do this thing. I'm re- I'm I'm resolute about X. And I I I would like to just suggest perhaps to be open inst- to instead of setting making something to be resolute about that you would set an intention you know intentions are a little softer they they have an energy about them that is specific so they are they are in a sense kind of a goal oriented uh, type of activity they um, but I believe it engages in a sense the law of attraction in that when we set an intention out there it's um, it also is open to that intention coming into being that that uh, desire coming into being perhaps in a way that we may not be necessarily aware of so I know um, I like I intend for this next year definitely to have more dance in my life and to see the myriad ways that dance, that I can dance through life instead of, I'm not a jogger, I'm not a marathon runner, I'm an elf. And so my, I would like to dance through life. I don't want to be powering through and, you know, as I have done in the past, you know, finding how how many jobs I can uh, do at the same time. Last year, at one point, I was working three jobs and going to school. And uh, we both know that that ended up ended rather catastrophically for me because my essential self, my true self, said, this is not your calling. This is not what you're supposed to be doing. So um, I'm letting go of a lot of things and staying focused, and my intention is to invite more joy and more dance uh, into my life, and I love the idea of spontaneous dance. And so, I wanted to share, if I if I might, just a little bit from a book by J.R. Tolkien, Morgoth's Ring, and then a little bit from another one of uh, a book from my favorite place, the bookstore um, at uh, the public library. But this is from uh, Morgoth's Ring, and this is from the later Quintus Silmarillion, the History of the Elves, and it's just a little bit about the elves. And it says here, the Eldar. It's talking about you know as um, the life of the Eldar. It says the Eldar grew in bodily form slower than men, but in mind more swiftly. They learned to speak before they were one year old, and in the same time they learned to walk and to dance, for their wills came soon to the mastery of their bodies. And in this wonderful little book here called uh, Meditation, there's a section in here called uh, The Cosmic Dance, and it's the Uh, in the section on activity, of doing, the way of activity. And it says, um, it starts with a quote from uh, Sultan Walad, the dance opens a door in the soul to divine influences. But it says here that people have danced together since the earliest times. Well, of course, if the elves, that would be pretty early, would it not? 
the imprints of stamping feet have been found in Neolithic caves when dance probably brought the group together in celebration, triumph, or sorrow. Movement is intimately connected with human emotion. Dance naturally lends itself to deep expression. The body speaks in movement. The steps speak through rhythm and sequence. Here is a universal, nonverbal language that speaks through the eloquence of shared symbol. Dance is an ancient, sacred form. And so, for me, one of my intentions is to invite more of that ancient, sacred form in, back into my life. I think a lot of times, child, if you look at children, you put music on, they just dance all over the place. Oh my gosh, I look at my little four-year-old nephew, and he is dancing all the time at the drop of a hat. And what we have a tendency to do, though, because we want to help people, uh, children, develop their social selves, is that we begin to train that out of them. Sit, you know, we tell them, sit still, stop jumping around, you know, you're going to knock something over. And so in a sense, we kind of train them out of spontaneous dancing. <laughs> and we and we should encourage it, not only in children, but especially in ourselves. As we get older, sometimes some of us forget to be children. That's right. So, um, so do you like to dance? It's an interesting question, Elf Princess. Uh, I, like any hobbit, enjoys uh, a good bit of dance from time to time. It is, uh, it is a different kind of dancing in my situation than usual. Mm-hmm. But yes, from time to time. I remember once when I was in Dallas, when I was working, I was, I was in Dallas, and a yellow, lovely young lady came up to me and said, how about a dance? And we were, we were at a restaurant bar, and I was looking askance at her because, of course, the hobbit Milo was married uh, yes. <laughs> and has wedding ring yes. well displayed. But my colleague said, think nothing of it. This is Texas. This is Dallas. This is friendly people. And indeed, it was a, it was a wonderful, it was an eye-opening experience to well, just go and dance in synchronization with another human being. It was an amazing thing. And social dance is a wonderful thing. If you ever go like to, um, especially swing dancing groups, um, uh, over at Atomic Ballroom, one of my favorite places to go dancing here in Orange County, uh, everybody dances with everybody, you know, uh, it's, and it's just part of the culture that, you know, 18-year-olds dance with 68-year-olds and, and vice versa, and nobody, it, nobody really thinks about age. You're just out there to, to swing dance and have a good time and move to the music. And really, dancing doesn't have to be specific steps or anything. It's just, Sometimes it's just closing your eyes and just moving to the music, letting the rhythm take you where it is, which sometimes is just tapping your foot or swaying. And when I was younger, once when I imbibed perhaps a little too much of the May wine, I was all by <laughs> myself in my apartment, and I was playing some music that I loved. And all of a sudden, without any provocation, I was all by myself. I just got up, and I started like moving and sort of trotting around the apartment apartment in time to the music hopping around and it was a silly thing but i now think maybe that bit of may wine mm. was a good thing to have yes as it, it allowed me to free up myself a little bit to actually enjoy the music in a physical way mm-hmm. well i happened to see a movie the other uh, last week which uh, i would recommend to anyone and i thought i had seen this movie movie before but actually i hadn't once i realized started watching i came home and barbara was there and it was billy elliott 
Oh my gosh, what a great movie. A great movie of a young boy who has the dance in him and refuses to let it be stricken from him and of the the transformation that happens not only in him but in the lives of his friends and his father and his brother through this young man being willing to follow his heart and follow his dream. And so um, we have some uh, Hobbit music to play, but I'd like, um, could I just read a little bit from this wonderful book, The Book of Intentions? Um, if you're thinking about setting resolutions, you might want to think about setting intentions. And this is a wonderful little book called The Book of Intentions, The First Step in Creating a More Fulfilling Life by Diane Martin. And <clears throat> I think there's uh, two things in here that are very very much bits of elvish wisdom. And one of them, she says, I intend to imagine, and this to me sounds like it comes straight from Tolkien, I intend to imagine that we are God's artistic expression, to consider that we are intended to express creativity, to see how our expressions of creativity enrich the life of the whole and reflect the whole of life. Absolutely. She says also, I intend to let music resonate through the layers of my being and open me to a higher level of awareness, to let dance capture me with its vitality, elegance, and passion, to acknowledge the emotional and spiritual yearning evoked by music and dance, to muse over the artist's ability to render my innermost thoughts. Oh, what a tremendous, lovely... Hand me that book, Elf Princess. (laughs) We need to announce this officially. The Book of Intentions by Diane Martin... ISBN 1-56731-657-3. A tremendously beautiful small book. The Book of Intentions is published by Barnes & Noble Books. And, of course, we have um, some music of, about related to dance from one of our favorite movies, The Fellowship Which of the Ring. I think we will close out with as we have a few moments remaining would you would you kind of set this up for our listeners that the scene for the um because this is the you know the scene from the the party this is from the long expected party yes right as you recall the hobbit opens with a chapter called an unexpected party Mm -hmm. and lord of the rings opens with a long expected party it's bilbo's 111th birthday yes and all the hobbits are celebrating and enjoying Gandalf's beautiful fireworks. And there is, like at any party, there should be not only singing and drinking and storytelling and food, but also dancing. Indeed. And in this particular dance, we first see Sean Astin playing Sam Gamgee, uh, Frodo's companion, Spot his eye on Rosie. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, what a wonderful, wonderful time! And Frodo says, "Ask, are you going to ask Frosie, Frodo? Uh, ask Rosie to dance." And Sam says the classic line, "I think I'll just have another ale." Right. right. <laughs> and Frodo says, "Oh no, you don't." And basically pushes him <laughs> into out, the out uh, onto the floor, <laughs> and Rosie grabs him as he's as she's uh, twirling past. Absolutely. So, what is the name of this track? And uh, we should probably say. Uh, Namaria uh, to our friends until next week and thank them for listening and being part of our show today and and all this year and this is this our year. last oh, program wow, of this year right. how the year has flown what an enjoyable year it's been but this is Elf Princess this is the wonderful selection by Howard Shore Flaming Red Hair
And this is KUCI in Irvine, and this is What Would Arwen Do? on every Tuesday from 4 to 5 p.m. And if you'd like to email us any of your questions or comments, you can send them to askanelf at yahoo.com. So, alin salalumin amintielvo, my friend. Until next week, a star shines on the hour of our meeting. It surely does. Happy New Year, Elf Princess Tani. Happy New Year. Oh, mm-hmm.